from the studios of Fractal Recording, this is The Mystic Show, episode 85. Yes, hello everyone. Welcome to the Mystic Show. I'm happy to be here. Can you tell? My name is Chris Curran, and uh, this is the show where we talk about spirituality and meditation and mindfulness and all things unseen and otherworldly. All right, well, maybe not all things, (laughs) uh, but a lot. And also a lot of personal development. So each of us is on our own spiritual trajectory, right? We're on our own journey. We're learning, we're growing, living in a human body. And this show is all about the conversation about true spirituality. Not any, you know, crazy religious worship or anything like that. Nothing crazy. This is just about you and the divinity in your heart and the universe, the vast universe inside your own heart and being, really. So that's what true spirituality is, going inside, and that's what we talk about here and a lot of personal development because we have to develop our character at the same time. So, and if you practice these things that we're talking about and if you actually make an endeavor to, to get in touch with your inner self, it'll have a big impact on your spiritual growth, guaranteed. We broadcast live every weekday at 8 a.m. Eastern Time on the Fractal Stream, and then we archive every show as a podcast in three different places, in iTunes, Stitcher, and on our website. Website is themysticshow.net. TheMysticShow.net, you'll find all of our past episodes. It's pretty cool. You can browse, you can search by keywords, you can... There's a lot of information there. Obviously, this is episode 85, so there's 84 other episodes. Uh, and a lot of the episodes in the beginning were an hour long, not not just a half an hour like they are now. Um, and there's also links to our social media. And, our, of course, our sponsor... Pause Your Life. That's right. Pauseyourlife.org uh, is the website. Pauseyourlife.org. It's an organization that helps people hit the pause button on their life and stop the madness for either several hours or several days by doing meetups and retreats. And I'd like to congratulate Pause Your Life today. Because uh, there, there's a northern New Jersey meetup group for Pause Your Life. And now, as of yesterday, there is a Manhattan meetup group for Pause Your Life. So, welcome to Manhattan, or we welcome the Manhattan people to the Pause Your Life 
family and the Mystic Show family. It's all kind of intertwined. Um, but we're going to schedule the first meetup for Manhattan uh, next month. In fact, it's the date is, well, the date is April 18th, but you can go on the meetup page. You can get all the details. So congratulations to Pause Your Life for expanding um, and being available to more people. So the last few days we've been reading from our James Allen book, and we're going to do that uh, in a few minutes. But I wanted to just shake it up a little bit and change it up and talk about something else uh, for a few minutes. And we'll see how long this goes. Uh, But as you, most of you know, I'm involved in a spiritual practice called Sahaj Marg. Basically, it means the natural path. And it's a simplified form of Raja Yoga. And Raja Yoga is basically yoga of the mind. So there's no physical yoga. There's no physical postures or anything like that. It's just basically meditation and also a cleaning process. And it the goal is spiritual growth and self-realization and merger with the divine, right? Very, very high spiritual goals, which is great because if you're going to if you're going to attempt to achieve anything spiritually, I mean, you have to aim high, right? Why, why aim low? And, and uh, the quote that's in one of the chapters of my book, uh, I think Michelangelo said, um, the danger is not aiming too high and missing it. The danger is aiming too low and hitting it, (laughs) right? So, Anyhow, the Sahaj Marg practice has been great for me over the years. I mean, great is doesn't even come close to explaining how profound, profoundly it has affected my life and changed me as a human being, helped to change me, uh, because there's guidance involved. And it's a great practice. You can find out more about it. I think the URL is on the website. I think it's sahajmarg.org. Um, you can find it. Um but one of the spiritual guides gave a little statement, a little little bit of advice I'd like to tell you about and then just make some comments on it because I think it's very important. Um, it was, um, the statement is, ready? All right. And this is obviously has to do with spirituality and how to practice spirituality and how to be a spiritual person. Right? So this is kind of like a little advice. And he says, love him who loves all. Love him who loves all. That's the statement. Five words. And really, you know, we just I just would first like to comment that basically one of the ways that God loves us, and, and I don't like using the word God, I, most of you probably know already, in these cases, I don't like to use the word God because it's, it sounds so religious and sounds so... I, I don't know. Everyone has their conception of what God is by by using that word. And as we grow spiritually, whatever God is, that, that meaning changes. So if we stick to one word, it some can sometimes hold us back or even confuse us, keep us... It's almost like a, a weight tied around our ankle, you know. But anyway, we do use the word God from, you know, time to time, and it's okay, because we all understand that it just means something higher and more subtle and divine, and we don't really know what that is. 
I mean, if anyone tells you they know what God is, then beware. (laughs) So basically one of the ways that God loves us, you know, love being using it as a verb, right? How does God love us? Well, he basically, or the God or the universe, every moment is giving us this life force energy. It's almost like it's just streaming it to us every moment of every wake, every every moment of our existence as a human being. The, this life force energy is flowing from the source or God or the universe to and through us. And it's like th- that's like the power we need to have consciousness. So without that streaming power from the source, we would not be conscious beings. So you're think of it in this term in these terms. Your body, right? You have to eat food to give energy to your body, right? Your your physical body survives on nourishment from food. Well, your consciousness survives on nourishment spiritual nourishment directly from the source or God. So we have to be this life force energy that each of us has is being replenished and and fortified and nourished every moment of our lives and when that stream stops that's when we die that's when we leave the body because there's no more life force energy coming into the body right so in a way you can think that that's how god loves us he keeps giving us this spiritual nourishment that is allowing us to be conscious human beings without it we would not be and that's why we can say that God loves everyone equally. Because if you're alive, then that means that you're receiving this energy every moment. So God gives the energy to everyone equally, all at the same time. And that's that's really how we are all equal as human beings. Um, so, in our daily lives, in practicing spirituality... Is it possible, and again, I'll repeat the the saying here, love him who loves all, right? So we just talked about that God loves all of us, right? So now it comes to the love him part, right? Love him who loves all. So here's the thing. In your life, so many people have helped you. So many people have given you things and supported you and, and helped you live as a human being. Without other people's help, you wouldn't be able to live. For instance, every piece of food that you eat has been prepared by somebody. It was washed by someone else. It was driven in a truck to the restaurant by someone else. It was picked in the field by someone else. It was planted by the farmer. And the farmer was able to plant it because his wife fed him. (laughs) So, even everything in our lives has been touched by so many other people. And here's the question. Is it really possible for you to say thank you to every single person who touched everything that's in your life? No way. You don't even know how many people were involved in... I mean, if you drive a car, I mean, come on. How many people worked on that car? There's no way you'll ever know. So... There's really no way we can, quote unquote, love every person 
in this world, every person, place, and thing. It's just not possible. We're not going to even meet most of these people. So how can we love everybody? It's very, it's, it's not possible, really. Now, the people we do come in contact with, we can act properly and be, you know, loving and serving and giving, right? And gentle and forgiving, like we talked about yesterday. Um, but how to love everybody? We, we cannot do it ourselves. So that's where this saying comes in, love him who loves all. If you, I'll just use you as an example, if you turn your consciousness inward and really honor the divinity inside yourself, which is God, right? It's a spark of God. If you love God within yourself, God can love everyone. He already does. So by loving one thing, you can love everything. And in a way, that's a, that's a little spiritual secret, right? That God is taking care of everyone. You don't have to take care of everyone. Maybe you have to take care of a few people or a few things. Uh, but you don't have to take care of everything. If we, we can love, as, as individual humans, we can love one thing, and, and then in turn, that one thing, God, loves everybody else. So by, by proxy, we're loving everyone. And if, if you want to know how to do that, I mean, that's where a spiritual practice comes in. But um, I would, you know, you've heard this before, meditate on that question and you'll, you'll get the answer. If you're wondering, how do I do that? How do I love God? How do I love him who loves all? Well, if you sit down and meditate on that question and you're patient, little asterisks near that, you have to be patient, you will get an answer. So, and when the more you meditate upon God or the universe, you become like him. So, what you meditate upon, you become. You've heard, I'm sure you've heard that before. So, in this process, eventually what happens, it's not that you love God or you love other people. You actually become love. You just, that's what you are as a being. You embody that divine, giving, loving, serving, gentle, forgiving nature. So that's just a little bit on love him who loves all. And again, if you if you have any comments on that or questions uh, on the, the post for this episode, you can uh, definitely comment and ask questions and 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 because uh, because obviously I just touched the surface. I just kind of gleaned over the idea of what that's of, of one of the ways you could interpret that saying. So feel free to comment. All right, we'll take a quick break here on the Mystic Show.
Okay, welcome back to The Mystic Show, and thank you to John Adams for that interlude music. That's a song called China Gates. It's a piano piece, beautiful piece, very artistic and really otherworldly, if you ask me. So welcome back to The Mystic Show. I'm Chris Curran, and we broadcast every weekday at 8 a.m. Eastern Time on the Fractal Stream. And then, of course, you can hear our podcast uh, on iTunes and Stitcher and on our website, themysticshow.net. And, yes, so let's, let's, we're going to read the next little bit from our James Allen book. And this is good. This is from the James Allen book titled From Poverty to Power. And this it was published in 1901, and this section of the book we're reading from is called The Way Out of Undesirable Conditions. Yep, The Way Out of Undesirable Conditions. And we've, we've been reading this section for a few days, and it's, it's just really nice. The past couple episodes you can listen to um, as well. But let's just uh, let's continue here, and then we can uh, talk about it a little bit after we finish reading this section, or reading this part of the section. Okay, here we go. There is positively no way of permanently rising above poverty or any undesirable condition except by eradicating those selfish and negative conditions within, of which these are a reflection, and by virtue of which they continue. The way to true riches is to enrich the soul by the acquisition of virtue. Outside of real heart virtue, there is neither prosperity nor power, but only the appearances of these. I am aware that men make money who have acquired no measure of virtue and have little desire to do so. But such money does not constitute true riches, and its possession is transitory and feverish. Here is David's testimony. Quote, For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Until I went into the sanctuary of God then understood I their end. End quote. The prosperity of the wicked was a great trial to David until he went into the sanctuary of God, and then he knew their end. You, likewise, may go into that sanctuary. It is within you. It is that state of consciousness which remains when all that is sordid and personal and impermanent is risen above, 
and universal and eternal principles are realized. That is the God state of consciousness. It is the sanctuary of the Most High. When by long strife and self-discipline you have succeeded in entering the door of that holy temple, you will perceive with unobstructed vision the end and fruit of all human thought and endeavor, both good and evil. You will then no longer relax your faith when you see the immoral man accumulating outward riches, for you will know that he must come again to poverty and degradation. The rich roan who is barren of virtue is, in reality, poor. And as surely as the waters of the river are drifting to the ocean, so surely is he, in the midst of all his riches, drifting towards poverty and misfortune. And though he die rich, Yet must he return to reap the bitter fruit of all his immorality. And though he become rich many times, yet as many times must he be thrown back into poverty, until, by long experience and suffering, he conquers the poverty within. But the man who is outwardly poor, yet rich in virtue, is truly rich. And, in the midst of all his poverty, he is surely traveling toward prosperity. And abounding joy and bliss await his coming. If you would become truly and permanently prosperous, you must first become virtuous. It is therefore unwise to aim directly at prosperity, to make it the one object of life, to reach out greedily for it. To do this is to ultimately defeat yourself, but rather aim at self-perfection, make useful and unselfish service the object of your life, and ever reach out hands of faith toward the supreme and unalterable good. You say you desire wealth, not for your own sake, but in order to do good with it and to bless others. If this is your real motive in desiring wealth, then wealth will come to you. For you are strong and unselfish indeed if, in the midst of riches, you are willing to look upon yourself as steward and not as owner. But examine well your motive, for in the majority of instances where money is desired for the admitted object of blessing others, the real underlying motive is a love of popularity and a desire to pose as a philanthropist or reformer. If you are not doing good with what little you have, depend upon it. The more money you got, the more selfish you would become, 
and all the good you appeared to do with your money, if you attempted to do any, would be so much insinuating self-laudation. If your real desire is to do good, there is no need to wait for money before you do it. You can do it now, this very moment, and just where you are. If you are really so unselfish as you believe yourself to be, you will show it by sacrificing yourself for others now. No matter how poor you are, there is room for self-sacrifice. For did not the widow put her all into the treasury? The heart that truly desires to do good does not wait for money before doing it, but comes to the altar of sacrifice and, leaving there the unworthy element of self, goes out and breathes upon neighbor and stranger, friend and enemy alike, the breath of blessedness. As the effect is related to the cause, so is prosperity and power related to the inward good, and poverty and weakness to the inward evil. Money does not constitute true wealth, nor position, nor power, and to rely upon it alone is to stand upon a slippery place. Your true wealth is your stock of virtue, and your true power the uses to which you put it. Rectify your heart, and you will rectify your life. Lust, hatred, anger, vanity, pride, covetousness, self-indulgence, self-seeking, obstinacy, all these are poverty and weakness. Whereas love, purity, gentleness, meekness, patience, compassion, generosity, self-forgetfulness, and self-renunciation, all these are wealth and power. As the elements of poverty and weakness are overcome, an irresistible and all-conquering power is evolved from within. And he who succeeds in establishing himself in the highest virtue brings the whole world to his feet. And that's the end of that uh, part of the section here titled The Way Out of Undesirable Conditions. And it's just, it's just nice how James Allen words these things. Um, you know, one of the things that stood out to me was he talks of, and, and, I, and I think I fall into this category, people who want money so they can do good with it. You know, um, for instance, the Pause Your Life organization. We want to have retreats, help people to balance their lives and all this stuff. Um, but he says, be careful to know what your real motive is, right? Because he says some people, their real underlying motive is the love of popularity, uh, 
and a desire to pose as a philanthropist or reformer, right? So that's just ego. If you want to be looked upon as the big shot who, who helps people, that's just ego. And I like how he says, you don't have to wait for money if you really want to help people. You don't have to wait till you have a lot of money. You can do it now. So these are some great ideas to think about during your day today. And maybe you want to take some notes. Maybe you want to write in your diary a couple of your thoughts. I hope you found some of this helpful. And as you move through your day, try to stay in this higher vibration. Think about these thoughts. Think about that life force energy coming into you every moment. And maybe talk to others about it. If they're willing to talk and listen, don't don't talk to everybody. <laughs> that won't work. So I hope you're well. I hope you stay well. Keep the faith. And as always, keep shining. <laughs>